Let's all please turn to the book of James. It is a blessing to be here today. We're going to turn to the book of James. Jesus' half brother wrote that, James. James chapter 1, verse 25. And once you find the book of James, and you go to the first chapter, and you find verse 25, if you could please stand to honor the reading of the word. And it says in James chapter 1, verse 25, But whoever looks into the perfect law of liberty, and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word. This man will be blessed in his deeds. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. And for the now, I will be too. <laughs> I apologize. My knees are a little weak. Just a little bit. Okay. You know, we started this month on July the 3rd talking about freedom versus fantasy. We talked about the fantasy that a lot of people have over what freedom means. And they're wrong. That they think freedom means they can do anything they want to do. They, they, take, they take freedom of uh, what America gives for granted. They don't even know what it means. A lot of times they think they can do anything they want to do. They don't realize what it really means. We talked about that. They talked about their fantasies. Many misunderstand the meaning of freedom and of law. They misunderstand the law way, and uh, they really do. They misunderstand that. The title of today's sermon, I'm going to get right into it because there's a lot to talk about. And the title of today's sermon uh, is Freedom of Law, the Freedom of Law. Now, there is a lot of foolish fantasy when people want to have no law. They want to have no law. We saw it the last couple of years. A lot of, uh, I'm just going to be blunt as a spoon. I'm sorry. That's just how I believe in being right now. Uh, I don't mean cruel. I don't mean rude. Uh, some people see it that way. They'll think I'll be crude and rude and lewd. I'm not going to be that way. However, I'm going to be honest. Sometimes being honest means you have to say things straight out. People who don't want law and want chaos and, and want lawlessness uh, are foolish. And they're ignorant that way. They want that foolish fantasy of no law. They want chaos and disaster and sin and death in the streets. And we saw it through New York. We saw it through uh, California. We saw it through a lot of other places in just the last two years. We saw it all over the place. They don't want law. They don't want police. They don't want that stuff. If they want that, they can have it. I don't want it here, of course. Uh, the reason why I'm wearing the tie of Barney Fife today, not because just because he was my, my childhood hero as a kid, and I got hit him in my, my office here. I have the signature of Don Knotts because I got the meeting. Thank you, Lord. Before my Christian brother went to be with, with uh, the Lord God, and I'm not talking about uh, Don, uh, Barney Five, I'm talking about Don Knotts. But the truth be told is, I loved him as a kid. He was my hero. Now, a lot of times when people think of, of Barney Five, they think of him being a buffoon, and there's some truth to that. But the truth is, is I always love policemen. Even when I watched Dukes of Hazard, I love the policemen. The truth is, I love the police. I love the police. I love the police, including my brother, who's the chief of police here in Clay Como. I love the police because law and order is the way it ought to be. We should respect the law, and God tells us to respect the law. But a lot of times people take little bits and pieces out of the Bible, talks about law and things, and they misunderstand it, misrepresent it, they misuse it to their own will, their own understanding. We know what that's all about. They don't want to respect it. They don't want to do it. And so we're going to talk about that, the foolish fantasies that people have of no law, chaos, disaster, sin, 
and death. There's people who think it's okay to do what they want to do. Well, this is, this, this is unbiblical. This is misunderstood. We know that Jesus fulfilled the law. We know that Jesus brought salvation and freedom. But even this is sometimes misunderstood. They think that when Jesus fulfilled the law, that means you no longer have to obey the law of the land. They think this means that you no longer have to worry about the Ten Commandments. Did we put the Ten Commandments down here? Did we find, oh, you find it. It's okay. We'll talk about the Ten Commandments here in a minute. Sometimes people, we won't go through all of them. We know what they are. Uh, thou shalt not murder. That shall, we know all that. Thou shalt not lie. We know these things. No committing adultery. You know, we know these things. The fact of the matter is, is Jesus did not fulfill those, and they no longer matter. We're going to get into all that. So let's, let's talk about what it says in 1 John 3, 4. The book of 1 John 3, 4 says this. Whoever practices sin breaks the law. For sin is lawlessness. It is lawlessness. We're not to practice sin and think it's okay to do so. This is John saying this. This is after Jesus Christ came and gone. This is after Jesus Christ had risen from the dead and is gone. So if sin is lawlessness, how can it be that Jesus fulfilled the law and, and it no longer matters? Does someone want to say it does? Well, this is kind of confusing for some people. They say, wait, Jesus fulfilled the, fulfilled the law and it no longer matters. Okay, I can understand that. I can understand how people get confused. I was confused for a very long time. But let's talk about that. You see, in the Old Testament, we have different types of laws. There's the Ten Commandments. Well, we know about that. Well, do they matter anymore? Well, let's talk about it. There's 613 laws. 613 laws in the Old Testament. Huh, that's a lot of laws. They're based around the Ten Commandment laws. They're biblical laws, and yes, they're often misunderstood. They're, but here's the thing. There are three, count them, three types of laws. Now, I actually brought a piece of paper to copy off and, and give to you all today, and I forgot to copy them off, but I have them here. We'll copy them off later and hand them out to you. But the fact is, there are three types of laws. Here they are. Write them down, because your pastor forgot to copy them for you. <laughs> but they're moral Moral laws. That's M-O-R-A-L. Moral. Moral laws. There's moral laws. There's ceremonial laws. Ceremonial laws. That's C-E-R-E-M-O-N-I-A-L. Ceremonial laws. And then there's judicial laws. Judicial laws. These are three types of laws in the Bible. Moral laws ceremonial laws, and judicial laws. So let's get into these. What are the moral laws of the Bible? Well, when it comes to the moral laws, things are moral, that's what we call eternal laws or universal laws. These are laws that never change. These moral laws are never going to change, ever, ever, ever. In other words, the Ten Commandments. These Ten Commandments are the law of God, the moral, eternal, universal laws that never change. In other words, thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not murder, uh, thou shalt not commit adultery, obey thy mother and father. I know this is not fun for you back there with you young men. Thou shalt obey thy mother and father. But this also means, listen, this also means for the mothers and fathers, raise your children up in the way they should go, is not, shall not depart from them. This means for those who are, who, it doesn't mean that you have the right to disobey mom and daddy. It does, however, mean this is for those who are to be raising their children in the way of God. This doesn't mean mommy and daddy is always right. This means when people are raising them up in the ways of the Lord. Why do you think people so badly want to tear down the Ten Commandments? i got to stand up. Why do you think people so badly want to tear down the Ten Commandments? People oftentimes think it's only about the law, like 
like Mr. Barney Fife, but it's not just about that kind of law. That's all judicial law. And I love you, Barney, but I'm taking you off. And you know why? It's not about judicial law. That law can come and go from different lands. That's just judicial law. The truth is, is God's law, God's law will never change. God's law is going to be there forever and ever. God's law will be there no matter what place you go to, no matter what area you go to, no matter what district you go to. God's law lives, and it will not stop. Amen? Amen. This is God's law, the Ten Commandments, and I don't care who wants to take it down, God's law stands forever, and Barney Fife would be with me. You know what he would say about people who want to take the Ten Commandments down from the judges? He'd say, nip it, nip it in the bud. That's what he would say. There are three types of laws. There is the uh, the moral laws, the ceremonial laws, that's the cross, the ceremonial laws, and then there is the judicial laws. Now let me tell you about this. This is for the, the little districts area. This was my father's uh, little badge. This was his chaplain badge of the year 2000. And I'm gonna wear that too, proudly wear that. Because we should respect the law of the land. And that's what judicial laws mean. Respect the law. But pastor, you don't understand, I was pulled over the other day, slow down. You don't understand, he doesn't like me. Well, that's wrong. However, what did you do to him? You don't understand, he doesn't like me because he doesn't like my brother. Well, that is wrong. However, whatever you're doing that's wrong, do right. And if he's in the wrong or she's in the wrong, turn him in. Or if you're doing wrong, do right. Get it right. Just because they're wearing a badge doesn't make them wrong. God tells us to respect that law. And we're going to get into all of this right now. But first, we're dealing with moral law. That never changes. But we're living in the year 2022. Well, whoopity do. God doesn't change from the beginning of time until now. His morality, his right and wrong never changes. It never changes, and it never will. And I don't care who's in the White House. If it's a, a black man, a white man, or a decrepit old man, it doesn't matter who it is, or even if it's a woman, it's never going to change because God's morals never do. It says this in 1 John 2, 4. 1 John Chapter 2, verse 4, says this. Whoever says, I know him, talking about Jesus Christ. Because remember, this is John, the beloved one. Whoever says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar. And the truth is not in him. I've known a lot of Christians, some Christians even now. These progressive Christians, they say, I know Jesus, but I just don't necessarily agree with these commandments. Then you better change. Don't change the Bible like people try to do, Eudopia. No, you change how you behave. You don't change the word to fit you. You change you to fit the word. Come on now. Come on. Second John, this is the second book of John, second letter of John. Second John chapter 1 verse 6 says this. And this is love. That we walk according to his commandments. And this is the commandment that as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. We're to walk in the ways of the Lord. God's not going to say, well, I love you so much, I'm going to change my ways just to walk like you. No. I hear people say this all the time, well, I love my child, so because I love them, I'm going to try to go along with them. <laughs> Folks, I'm sorry to tell you, that's not love. I get it. I don't like getting on to people, and I certainly don't like... <clears throat> always correcting my nephews or nieces and such and, and others. I don't like it. But sometimes you got to do what you got to do. You just have to. 
You just can't go along with the flow all the time. Chapter John, excuse me, chapter John, hello, book of John. Now this isn't the first, the second, or third. This is the original book of John. Chapter 14. Great chapter, incidentally. Verse 21. John 14, 21 says it clear. He who has my commandments, and remember this is Jesus speaking. He who has my commandments and keeps him is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and he will reveal myself to him. I love what it says a little bit earlier than that too on verse 15. It says, if you love me, keep my commandments. You know, we've all broken commandments. We know that. We all have lied. I've had kids one time tell me, I've never lied. I was, you just did. <laughs> you just did. We've all done it. I mean, this is not a justification. It's not a justification to be sinful. I, I don't know about other things that you may have or may have not done. That's not my business. I, it's between you and the Lord. I will say this, however. We have dishonored a mother and father if we lied to them and, and broken the rules. I know I have. And, uh, and this is not an admission time to my mother. Carrie knows about most of it. And uh, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I, I ate the pies I wasn't supposed to. I've taken the things I wasn't supposed to. I, I tried to take Batman and Robin from the store when I wasn't supposed to. I got in trouble for it. I did things like that when I was a little boy before I was saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. Those things are under the blood of Jesus Christ. They're saved by the blood. But after that, even that is under the blood. But that doesn't give us justification to do so. Jesus doesn't say, go, okay, go ahead, keep taking, keep took. Go ahead, eat all the pie. Do what you want to do. It's okay. No. Because once you have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit says, no, no, no. Don't do it anymore. Go by the commandments. Keep living by the word of God. Keep going under the Holy Spirit. Don't keep breaking the commandments. Now that you know that you know that you know, do what you know is right by the blood of God, by the Holy Spirit, by the Ten Commandments. You know it's right. Don't break the morality law. Follow them. Live by them. Don't break them and say, it's okay because I'm saved by grace. No, because the grace loves you enough to tell you what's right and wrong, and a mom and dad should raise them up to know and tell them no, no, no. Amen? So, Pastor, you're really getting into it because it's true. It's true. Let's now turn to the book of Romans, chapter 2. This is too much for me to put on this piece of paper. Romans, chapter 2. Verses 12 through 16. Romans chapter 2, verses 12 through 16 says this to us. As many have sinned without the law, will also perish without the law. Remember, this is Paul talking to the people of Rome. It says, as many have sinned without the law, will also perish without the law. And as many have sinned under the law, will be judged by the law. For the hearers of the law are not justified before God, but the doers of the law will be justified. For when Gentiles who do not have the law do by nature the things contained in the law, these not having the law are a law unto themselves, who show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also being, or excuse me, bearing witness while their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them in the day when, according to my gospel, God will judge the secrets of men 
through Jesus Christ. This is to say, a lot of them did not have the law of God. They didn't have those commandments, but they know what's right and wrong deep down in their consciousness. People know what's right and wrong. They know deep down because God showed them. They know what's morally right and what's morally wrong. That's why, because God put it in our nature, our very nature, what's right and wrong, even though they didn't have the law of the Ten Commandments. Now, before we move on to ceremonial law, there's one that could be used on both, but we're going to use it towards moral law because it makes most sense this way, and that's Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 through 19. Listen to what Jesus says here. Matthew 5, 17 through 19 says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish, but to fulfill the law. Now this can be used on both, uh, both ceremonial and moral law. We'll get to that in a minute. It says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets, but I have come to fulfill. This means he's come to fulfill the law and the, and the prophecy. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth have passed away, no, no, excuse me, not one dot or one mark will pass from the law until all be fulfilled. Okay. goes on to say in verse 19, Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do likewise shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever does and teaches them shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus has fulfilled all of these things, those laws, and even the ceremonial laws, which we're about to get into. So we've already talked about the moral laws. Now it's time for ceremonial laws. So now that we've talked about the moral laws, and we, want to, we know what those are, what's right and wrong, what is a ceremonial law? What's a ceremonial law? Because this is what Jesus talks about when he says fulfilling the laws. We know he lived by the moral laws. That's obvious. He never sinned. We know he lived by all the laws. But he lived by the ceremonial laws, and he fulfilled them. What does that mean, ceremonial law? The ceremonial law was the habits and the, cere uh, the ceremonies that the Jewish religions did. They had to do different ceremonies, and these were basically a shadow of Christ, pointing to his coming. In other words, they had a lot of times had to do different things in the temples and things like that. These were laws, such as the sacrificial lambs. They had to do the sacrificial lambs to, to show that they had to have the blood of the, the, the sacred lamb, right? And they had to do that blood, and they had to do the cleansing, the cleansing of themselves, the, the holy cleansing. These are all shadows of, you could say it was painting a picture of the sacrificial lamb that was coming. They had to do these different holidays and different uh, traditions. These traditions no longer matter. They no longer matter. This is not to say it's wrong that the different Jewish uh, worshipers, I'm talking about those who are, who are Christians as well, if they want to do it for tradition's sake, that's fine, I guess. Except it doesn't really matter anymore. It's already been fulfilled. Jesus Christ has fulfilled all those things. He is the sacrificial lamb. He did do those things. It's already taken care of. That lamb that they used to take care of and put the, the blood into the temple, it doesn't matter anymore. They're wasting their time taking sacrificial lambs and doing all of those things and washing of themselves and, and taking care of pork the way they did and all that. It's taken care of. They're wasting their time. These, those types of laws, those ceremonial religious laws are done. No need for them. So when you hear about the Jewish people, and, and I'm talking about the religion now, not the, not the people of, of birth that way, through blood, but talking about the religious laws, they don't matter. They're done. Jesus fulfilled them. They're done. When Jesus died on the cross, the, the curtain ripped. That was a symbol. The ark was now seen. Jesus' blood was already shed for us all. All the ceremonial laws, 
all those religious laws, they're done. No longer do they matter. Now, listen to what it says here. Jesus fulfilled these laws. They are now obsolete. They no longer matter. They're not necessary anymore. We can see a lot of these Jewish laws, if you ever want to read them, what they were not supposed to do. Mostly they were symbolic. It's not that they would have been sent to hell necessarily. But listen what God said, and I'm not going to read it to you, but in Leviticus chapter 11, Leviticus chapter 11, tells us what God told them, what they could not eat, and a few other things. They could not eat shellfish. Now, any of you who are fans of crab or lobster, then no shellfish for them back then. You're not going to hell for going to Red Lobster. So just know that. If you go to Red Lobster, you're like, oh, I'm a bad Christian. No, you're not. But also, they cannot eat camel. It's like, well, that's a shame. I used to smoke a camel, but I never ate a camel. Well, listen, you're not going to hell for all that, okay? I've never eaten a camel. I never even thought about it. But either way, they're not supposed to eat camel. Bugs. They couldn't eat bugs. Now, I've never eaten a bug that I'm aware of. Maybe I did. Maybe I had a, a grasshopper once. I don't know. I'm not sure. But I've been to different places, and they fed me lots of weird things. But anyway, back then, you couldn't eat bugs. That really bugs me. No, in reality, <laughs> I never thought about it, but God said no bugs. Also, they couldn't eat owl. Never thought about that either. I've never thought of who, who, who wants to eat an owl. I don't know. But they, uh, they, you weren't supposed to eat buzzards or vultures or ravens. Never more. Because you couldn't eat one of those things. There's a lot of other things you weren't supposed to eat, like pork. You weren't supposed to eat pork. Part of it this had to do with the fact that they had no refrigeration. You had no really good way to eat it. And also, there's false religions then within which they worshiped some of these things. And God said, no, 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 you cannot do that. Now, none of that matters anymore. If this morning you ate yourself a nice, crispy piece of bacon, and I'm making myself hungry here, you're not going to hell for this. None of this matters anymore. And I say this to you because I've actually met Christians who would one day go through the Bible, and that's great, but they would go through Leviticus, and they see this little part that says, don't eat pork. And all of a sudden, they say, pastor, or they say, brother, and say, we, we're in trouble because I, I ate a piece of bacon once and now I'm going to hell. I'm like, no, 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 no. Or they say, I'm never going to eat pork ever again because God says anyone who eats pork is going to hell and they're going to suffer damnation. And you want to say, look, look, son, you don't want to just take bits and pieces. Scripture interprets Scripture. Jesus fulfilled the ceremonial law. You're not going to hell for having a pork rind, okay? You're not going to hell for taking porky pig and be eating them. You're not going to go to hell for that, okay? I'm telling you. Jesus Christ fulfilled these things. In fact, there's a scripture later on in which Peter himself had a vision which dealt with four corners. He's talking about the four corners of the earth. And Peter was told to eat a pig. And believe me, Arnold from Green Acres didn't like that much. But Peter ate a pig. And when he had that pig and ate that pig, he wasn't suddenly going to go to hell. He was already saved by the blood of Jesus Christ because God fulfilled these ceremonial laws. It's okay to eat bologna when you get home today. It's all right, I promise you. Okay? It's okay. We can see all this in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14 through 16. It says, For he is our peace. Who, that's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14 through 16. For he is our peace, who has made both groups one and has broken down the barrier of the dividing wall by abolishing in his flesh the enmity that is the law of the commandments con uh, contained in ordinances, that in himself he might make the two into one man, thus making peace. 
and that he might reconcile both God into one body through the cross, thereby slaying the enmity. Also in Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, 22 through 23. Now, this is about the Holy Spirit. But this is important. 23, uh, Galatians 5, 22 through 23 tells us this. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. And against such there is no law. The law cannot contain what the Lord Jesus Christ brought us, what the Lord God brings us through the Holy Spirit. You are not complete through what you do, but what through Jesus Christ has done for you. So all those ceremonial things were for God to show the Jewish people how to live for him and to be prepared for when Jesus Christ came. But when Jesus Christ came, many of them were not prepared because they got more into what they could do. Their arrogance took over them, and they were not prepared to accept Christ when he came. But you, my dear friends, you are prepared. You have Christ in you. Many of even Jewish people came to know Jesus Christ, including Peter, including Paul, and others. You have Christ in you. You don't have to worry about the ceremonial law. We follow moral law, not ceremonial law. And yes, we follow judicial law. But then there's judicial law, which is civil law. There's the civil law, the law of the land, the legal rules to live by. And God has a lot to say about this too. For instance, over there in Israel, in, in the Jewish land, they had different people, kings, and they had people in, in the different sections, you know, that they had to, we had to respond to. So I have verses to say about that. Now, this is where i got to be careful. I believe in following the law. I believe in living and respecting the ordinances, respecting the offices. That doesn't mean we always appreciate or agree with the officer. That doesn't mean we have to always appreciate the people put in those offices, but we have to respect that God placed them there. For instance, you may not always agree with whoever is the president, whoever that might be. I'm not going to attack anybody right now. I'm not going to do that. But you may not always agree or appreciate, especially when they do something unbiblical, and there's a lot of that going on even now. And in the last 10 years or so, there's been a lot of that going on, maybe, maybe even longer. But the fact of the matter is, is, you don't have to respect what they do. You don't have to agree with it. I sure don't. But I do respect that God placed them there for whatever reason. Maybe because the people have run away from the Lord here in America for such a long time that God said, if you want what you want, he did it to Israel. Why would he do it to us? If you want what you want, take what you want. You don't want to follow me. Here you go. Have what you want. But we still need to respect the office, not what the office is doing, the officer. But you need to respect that position. So when people say, do you hate the president? No, I don't hate the president. I love that person, and I certainly love the office. But we're not going to go into a rivel-razzle. We're not going to try to go against the person. We're not going to say anything hateful towards them. We're not going to say, let's, let's overthrow or anything stupid like that. We're not going to do that because we respect what God placed in order. That doesn't mean we have to agree with them. And I'm talking about governors. I'm talking about sheriffs. I'm talking about mayors and all those people we will respect the office but it doesn't mean you have to agree with them especially when they go against our main person in order and that's god when people say well we think abortion is right well that's because you're ignorant and you're going against the word of god especially you pastors out there and i say that word very lightly 
If you are a pastor out there, I don't respect the way you speak of the word of God if you're going against what God says against killing babies. I mean, heaven's sakes. Let's read Exodus. Let's read Matthew. Let's read these other books when God himself went against those people. Come on. Come on now. Let's look at the judicial law. Romans 13, verse 1. Romans 13, verse 1 tells us this. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist are appointed by God. Now, of course, he's speaking about the people of Rome, but this goes for all, because let me explain to you something about the people who were Rome at the time. They were wicked. They were evil. They were horrible people. They were killing Christians. They were beheading them. They, they would kill Paul and, and, and Peter, and Peter was hung upside down. They, they, that's historical. They were killing these people who, good men of God, women too, feeding them to lions and other things. Is that godly? Of course not. But God put those people in charge. He allowed it to happen. It doesn't mean he agreed with what they were doing, but he allowed it to happen. We don't always understand why. We might even lament to him, say, God, I don't understand. And you know what he would say to us? I know you don't understand, but I love you and I'm here with you. Just lean on me. I'm with you. Second Peter, or excuse me, first Peter. First Peter, chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. First Peter 2, 13 through 17 says, Submit yourselves to every human authority for the Lord's sake. Rather it be to the king as supreme, or to the governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and to praise those who do right. For it is the will of God that by doing right you may be put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. As free people, do not use your liberty as a covering for evil, but live as servants of God. Honor all people. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. Why is it so important, Pastor? I'll tell you why. There's lots of reasons, but here's the main reason why. How can we be honorable people of the Lord if we're dishonoring who he put in charge? It doesn't mean you have to agree with them. I'm going to tell you. There's times when I'm sitting there thinking, oh, man, when I watch the stuff on television, news and such, I can't believe things are said, especially things that disrespect the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And this pen here is a cross. It looks like the American flag style. But let me tell you something. I'd be wearing this if there was no American flag style on it or not because the cross comes first, the flag comes second. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, not America. We are in America, and I love America, but I don't love America more than I love Christ. Christ comes first for me. America is second. I could hear a pin drop. <laughs> The book of Titus. The book of Titus. Chapter 3, verse 1. Titus chapter 3, verse 1 says, Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey them, to be ready for every good work. We're to follow. Follow God first, them next. Even in the book of Luke. In the book of Luke, chapter 20. Verse 25, when it comes to paying our taxes and things. Listen to what Jesus says. 
Jesus said in Luke 20, 25, he said, then render to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. People are trying to trick Jesus Christ. They're trying to trick him. Trying to trick him. Do you believe in paying taxes? And he says, oh, render to Caesar what is Caesar's, render to God what is God's. You're not going to trick Jesus Christ. He's God. You're not going to do that. Do I believe in paying taxes? You bet I do. Do I pay my taxes? You bet I do. Am I going to follow the law? You bet I am. I'm going to do what is right. I believe in being obedient. I believe in being obedient to God. And he tells us to be obedient to the uh, to the judicial laws and to the moral laws first, which goes along with the judicial laws. So God's moral laws need to be followed daily. Uh, not just daily, but hourly. Not just hourly, but minutely, if that's even a word. Secondly, they need to be gone by the, by the very second. We need to follow the moral laws of God. When you're doing the moral laws, you're going to be following the judicial laws. But Pastor, what about these ceremonial laws? They don't matter anymore. They're gone. They're erased. Erased by what? By the blood of Jesus Christ. Those ceremonial laws, which were the Jewish ceremonial laws, they're gone. They don't matter anymore. But the judicial laws of our land, which were not the Jewish land, our land, they matter. We follow the laws of the land. And we follow the moral laws of God. They matter. Amen. Amen. Always follow those laws. Always. We are to put God first. Always. That was the first law, by the way. Honor God. Put him first. Always. Have no other gods before him. No other gods before him. That was the second one. They had false gods back then. Oh, we don't have that now. Do we not? Do we not? Do we not? Do you know how many people have entertainment before God? And you know how I know? Because I did it one time. Not intentionally. Not intentionally. I would say God came first, but guess what? Sometimes I found myself not getting things done till the last second for the Lord to teach about the Lord. I'd find myself, oh, well, I couldn't help it. I was watching Friends or whatever it was, and I found myself forgetting, forgetting, forgetting. Anytime you find yourself putting something before God and it's constant, 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 that whether you know it or not, but it's not a false God. Okay, so you may not be bowing down to it, but when it becomes the first thing you think of when you wake up, the last thing you think of when you go to sleep, you're dreaming about it, you think of it all the time, whether it be your loved one, whether it be a TV show, whether it be a comic book, whether it be a magazine, whether it be a novel, whether it be your work, whether it be your child, whether it be your neighbor or someone else, that's a God. The Bible says to obey your mother and father. But here's the thing. You're to obey your mother and father. Your, mom, your father and mother are supposed to raise you to follow the Lord. There's so many others we have on here. Ten. It says, thou shalt not murder. Oh, if I said thou shalt not kill, that's King James, which means thou shalt not murder. Thou shalt not murder. There is a time to kill. As far as Ecclesiastes chapter 3 goes, that's talking about defense. So don't feel bad if someone breaks in your house. Guess what they just did? Invited you to defend yourself. That's a whole other thing. But yes, thou shalt not murder. There's so many others, so many others. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Adultery, and that also means thou shalt not have fornication. That's out of wedlock. Don't be doing that, Jazz. And don't try to make some kind of a excuse there for it. Mm -mm. There's so many others. People just break constant, constant. Well, God understands. Yeah, he understands that you're going to break the Ten Commandments. He understands. He understands you don't want to follow the moral law. He understands. Yeah, he understands. He absolutely does. So many people want to take the Ten Commandments away because they don't want to follow them. Yeah, he understands. Yeah, he does. Thou shalt not steal. People say, well, it's not so bad. You know, I took that. I saw it. I just took it. It didn't belong to me, but I took it. 
I'm not talking about finding a $10 bill on the street and there's nobody around. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you see somebody's wallet sitting there and somebody takes it. Well, you know, hey, God, God understands. Yeah, he understands that you wanted it and you want to be dishonest and, and justify it in your own name. You know what? No, stealing is stealing is stealing is stealing. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. It's not really a lie. It's not really a lie if I justify There was a TV show I used to watch. I still like it, but uh, talking about Seinfeld. There was this one guy on that show who used to lie continuously. And he said, it's not really a lie if you believe it yourself. Of course, he's kind of a villain in the show in reality. But that's the way the world thinks. It's not a lie if you believe it yourself. It's still a lie if it's not the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. He's not going to put up with your lie. He'll call you out on it. Don't follow lies. We can't do that. Can't do that. Now listen to what it says in James chapter 2, verse 10. James chapter 2, verse 10. For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, one point, is guilty of breaking the whole law. I've used this to the children a lot. Children are wonderful. I love them. I love seeing them all this week. But you know, a lot of times the kids will convince themselves, and my kids, I'm talking about adults too, they convince themselves, well, I've only lied a few times, and then they start thinking about that. Oh, okay, maybe a few more, maybe a few more, maybe a few more. And before too long, they start realizing just how many times they have lied or whatever. Fact of the matter is, is, one of the reasons why I so often have used the example of me stealing from my mother's refrigerator when I ate that pie was because I lied, I cheated, I stole. Because uh, it was a bunch of sins. It didn't seem so wrong. I mean, how's that stealing whenever it's in the, your own house? Well, first of all, I don't own the house. Second of all, it, there was all sorts of conniving going on. And I tried to hide it too with whipped cream. Doggone whipped cream sold me out. But it, when, it, when it caved in, here's the truth. <laughs> you can't get away. You will be found out. If for nothing else, the Holy Spirit uses your conscience. And if that conscience doesn't make you feel guilty, you need to work on it. You need to say, uh, there's something wrong. There's a reason why God uses the Holy Spirit in our conscience. Because it wants to use the moral law to get our attention. And if there's a reason why we can ignore that, we got a lot of work to do on ourselves. Amen. Listen to the word. Listen to the Lord. And in Galatians chapter 3, verse 11. Galatians chapter 3, verse 11. It says, Now it is evident that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. For the just shall live by faith. So many people they think by doing good. That's what's going to get them to heaven. Not at all. It's good to do good. Once you ask Jesus Christ in your heart, and you ask him to save you by the blood, and you have faith in his grace, it's good to do good, and you should. You should because that's an action to show your faith. And that's good. We should do that. But it is not by the action that we are saved. It's the action that shows our faith. We do the action to show our faith in the grace that Christ gave us. And as we say so often, our actions we are known. We're showing the world that God has saved us 
and that we have absolute faith in the grace and we believe in that moral law. And when people come to see you and they know you, they say, you know, I really believe there's something about this person because they live by that moral law, by those Ten Commandments. They believe in that. They don't break the judicial law. They're not going to care about the ceremonial law. It doesn't matter anymore. Oh, and I tell you, that guy's a good Christian. He doesn't even eat bologna. That doesn't matter, by the way. If someone's not going to pay attention whether you eat Oscar Mayer or not. They say, he's a good Christian. He doesn't eat a hot dog or bologna. They're not going to worry about that. And then we're going to close by reading one more scripture tonight, today. Romans 3, 31. Romans 3, 31. And as we close, I want you to know this. I'm very proud of you for doing your best to follow the laws, the laws of the land, the moral laws. And even if there's someone out there who's believed that they had to follow ceremonial laws and you've done your best, I actually am very proud of you for trying. This is not a way for me to tell you that what you've done hasn't mattered because that means that God knows your heart. God does know your heart. Maybe you haven't eaten a hot dog because you thought that you had to be kosher. That's what they call that, kosher. They're trying to be kosher because they're trying really hard to be good. And maybe you're doing that for a diet. That's, that's fine too. That's up to you. But in reality, God knows your heart. But you don't have to for the sake of spiritual reasons. That doesn't matter anymore. Jesus Christ has already come. He's already fulfilled all that. All the ceremonial laws are done. But when you read the Word of God, and you see that they're talking about the law, that Jesus fulfilled the law, just know the moral laws will never be fulfilled and done in the sense that, yes, he's fulfilled it in the sense that he has died on the cross for us, but we still live by moral laws. And as far as judicial laws, that means we still live by the laws of the land. That has nothing to do with our salvation. But when we have the moral laws, Jesus Christ tells us what is right or wrong through the Holy Spirit, we follow the laws of the land because God wants to be good, moral examples in the land that we live to show people that through Jesus Christ we can live for him and people can see it because if we don't follow the laws of the land people are going to say I thought he was supposed to be a Christian I thought she was supposed to be a woman of God I thought that they were supposed to be good people I thought Jesus told them to do what is right and do what is wrong I'm going to tell you if people see you taking something from a store even something like a piece of gum and they see that you're doing something that's not right you're going to destroy your witness for Christ. If they see you doing something that, you know, going through a stop sign, that's not a big deal. Hey, it's a big deal if it destroys your entire witness for Christ. It's a big deal if you go through a red light. If it destroys your witness for Christ, it destroys your witness for Christ. It is a big, big deal. I'd rather stop for five seconds and have a good, good, good ministry than just go and get home so I could turn on the TV just a half a second quicker. Come on. We have to worry about this. We have to follow the law. We have to follow the law of the land and follow the moral laws, obviously, because the Holy Spirit tells us so. That's how we know. Yes, we are to do what God has told us is right. We know that. Does that make us not a Christian if we don't follow it? No. But it makes us a better Christian if we do what the Holy Spirit tells us to do. It makes us an obedient Christian if we do what the Lord has told us to do. Amen? So it says in Romans 3, 31, do we then make the law void through faith? God forbid. Instead, we establish the law. Amen. Amen. Let us bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. We thank you, Lord God, that you've given us the laws to follow. And Lord, we thank you that you have told us and showed us what laws are no longer valid. 
And we now know that we can do what is free because of you, Jesus Christ. And Lord God, we praise you and thank you that it's not by our actions that we are saved, but because we have faith in your actions and, and we are, are, have faith in your grace. But Lord, we, we praise you that you allow us to follow you. and We no longer have to worry. We pray you will continue to lead us and guide us. And that, Lord, every time that we are tempted to disobey your rules, Lord, knowing that we're not uh, losing our salvation, but knowing that we have a better walking with you and a better relationship with you when we follow the laws that you've given us, the moral laws of the Ten Commandments. I pray for all this in your holy, precious name, Lord God. If there be anyone who's here today who feels they need to come forward and pray to you, Lord, today for, for a better strength and walk with you, I pray they'll do so. Lord, I pray right now for anyone who's at home and feels that they are weak in some of these areas. I pray, Lord, you'll strengthen them now and to know that you are with them and that you forgive them for the things they might have messed up on. They just have to walk with you. Lord, I also pray for our dear brother who needs strength right now. And Lord, I pray that you'll be with him throughout this week. Lord, I pray for all these things in your holy, precious name. Amen.